This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. All right, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host, Carrie Borkowski, and I am super excited. Danielle Scarano is here for a while. I got my wish, Danielle. (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I know it is exciting. If, if folks who have been listening to the podcast in season two, if you remember Danielle and Carrie Miller came on for two um, episodes around leadership and we, we have been joking on again, off again about doing some episodes together and we decided this summer we were going to do it. And so we are offering a, as I mentioned um, in my uh, first episode with Brianne, we mentioned we're doing a 10 part series on paradoxical leadership and belonging and just really digging into this sort of and in both mindset. And so the idea is uh, Danielle and I are going to offer this sort of intro into the topic. We have, oh, Danielle, we have a I feel like, and I I know this sounds dramatic, I feel like we have a powerhouse (laughs) of interviews coming up. We have eight interviews with amazing leaders from really just a cool spectrum of context, which I'm really excited about. And then in the 10th episode, Danielle and I will circle back and do what we always do, which is reflect on the great experiences we've had with all of these guests. So I am going to toss it over to Danielle to, to get us started in this, in this episode. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you. Yes. I'd like to call it the paradox playlist because I think Carrie, you and I have talked a lot about how music Mm. is something that is so fundamental in our lives. And so, you know, and also just to echo these, these are eight really inspirational female Mm. leaders. I started, I was talking about it the other day and I was saying, you know, I think they're from the context of, of, education and fitness and wellness, but we have powerhouses in, in entertainment and <laughs> oh right. my gosh, they're, we'll have to give a little teaser at the end to see yes. who's here. Yes, yes, but, um, for sure. But yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know where to start, but let's just go back to the summer of 2019. Yeah. I am in your Leo course. And for those of you who don't, the <laughs> Johns Hopkins people and will know, but the non-Johns Hopkins people will not know. Leo stands for Leadership and Educational Organizations. Mm-hmm. We had this article on paradoxical leadership, Smith et al., 2012. <laughs> and essentially it just talked about how leaders must um, hold both 
the financial wellness and the social wellness of the organization and how they reckon with that to move forward an organization. And I think at that time we were talking about belonging. We were talking about equity. We were, were, if I can interrupt you, we Uh should also let the audience know, because I say this a lot. You and I connected immediately because we're huge Brene Brown fans. So let's just yes. let's just put that out there at the start. So I think I was like every week I said, well, you know, Dr. Brene Brown talks about this. Is this related to this leadership theory? <laughs> Absolutely. And we also connected really qu- quickly about podcasting. I remember yes. my final was in. Yes, it was. Podcast, which was yes. really fun. Yeah. And then I started read. You started tell me this. And here we are. Yeah. So, Back to my story of the paradox. So I thought about, you know, red paradox and then um, pandemic happens in 2020. And I remember (laughs) talking to one of my best friends in New York City who will be a guest on this podcast, Jenny Gaither. Mm -hmm. I know, I'm excited. And I had been reckoning with death. You know, it's interesting how certain people are in your life. And Jenny had lost a cousin a few years earlier prior. Mm -hmm. And I had lost one of my best friends. Um, She, when I was in college, she um, was involved in a family side. Her dad killed her whole family and Mm -hmm. including her and then killed himself. And for some reason we were talking about death surrounded by the death of the pandemic. And I kept coming back to death with mourning and awakening and infinite and impermanence. Mm -hmm. Started journaling about it throughout the year. Fast forward to March, 2021 this year. I was turning 32. I forgot how old I turned. I think I lost here. <laughs> yeah. That's the pandemic and speaking. That's what it is. Mm. And I was reflecting on the year with the journaling as you do going into your birthday. Mm-hmm. And I have timestamps. I actually have my journal with me right now. And I started journaling at around 1135 PM the night before my birthday. And I ended at 1245 PM to waking up in a panic again at 2.33 a.m. I have to have the exact timestamps. Yeah. And I started listening, listing morning and awakening, releasing and surrendering, fluidity and being, infinite and impermanence. And all of a sudden I looked at it and I said, hmm, these are seemingly opposites. Mm-hmm. They're holding tension and discomfort. They must be paradoxes. And for some reason just came into my mind. The next day I wake up and I open up Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. And on page 40, she says, life is a quest in which we'll need to learn how to navigate the tension of paradoxes. And I, my mind blew up. Yeah. (laughs) And then I think it was either that day or the day after I said, you know, Carrie, have you ever thought about navigating with tensions and discomfort? And then you enter it. And all of a sudden (laughs) it's like, we're thinking about the same thing at the same time. So I don't know if you want to jump in and talk about how you got there, but it just blew up my mind. And now it's, it just surrounds my entire life. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I often feel like, um, you and I are on the same wavelength or traveling at least in the same orbit around these sorts of topics, which always sort of lights me up and gets me excited. Um, for me, I mean, I loved the leadership course that you're describing. I took it and now I teach it. And I just really appreciated, even though it was specifically focused on, you know, the social aspects and sh- social entrepreneurship of a business and the finances, just this notion of the the discomfort and the dissonance between those two things. And, you know, the questions in that article that were asked uh, were, you know, how do leaders attend to these competing demands? What are the skills needed to attend to those demands? 
And then interestingly enough for educators, what's the pedagogy to teach those skills? Because one of the things we learn very quickly in leadership theory is that old myth of you're a born leader just isn't so, right? Like, I'm not saying you're not born with some of those dispositions, but you can be taught to be a good leader, that there are legitimate skills and dispositions that you can learn and create habits over time. And so I think for me, Danielle, I've just been wondering, you know, how do we, how do we manage? How do we effectively manage that dissonance? Because I, the more you and I talk and the more I read, the more I believe that to me, for me, that's the key to my success is being able to own the both and. And I, you and I had had joked, I think about probably a year ago, or maybe even longer now, I noticed that I used to say, but, you know, I'd say something, da, 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 but, and then say this other thing. And I've stopped, but is almost not a part of my vocabulary anymore. Um, I stopped myself because I have created a new habit where I really am trying to think about and it doesn't have to be either or that it's not binary thinking. And, you know, we have the absolute pleasure of later on this season having Iko Bathia on the podcast. And, and, and I'll just give you a, just a snippet. And what she shared with us is she actually pushes back on the notion of seemingly conflicting ideas because from her perspective, and I just love that she like knocked me in the head with this idea is that it's multiple narratives that if you start from a place of seemingly conflicting, you're already creating like defensiveness or against, and it doesn't have to even be that. So like within just, I don't know about you, Danielle, but within just a few short months, my idea of paradox continues to evolve, right? Like I agree. I mean, mean, seriously, like that, that phrase that she shared with us has been sitting on my right shoulder for days, just trying to, and now I find myself again, I think language is so important. Um, I've been really working towards talking about multiple narratives rather than conflicting ideas anymore. Now the the definition of paradox does say that they are contrary. Um, I, I actually looked up in um, the Smith the Greek and Latin roots. Yeah. The, yeah. And, then the, and then there's an article, Smith and Lewis, um, 2011, talk about paradox as contrary, but integrated. Right. So there mm-hmm. is an acknowledgement trying to move away from that conflicting. But I mean, the Merriam-Webster's dictionary definitely says seemingly contradictory. So I think to Iko Bathia's point, right, that idea of contradiction can set up sort of the um, just like a defensive, right? Being defensive instead of sort of coming together. Um, I agree. I think too, what's one of the things that's really interesting about paradox is we've talked about this is that it's so inherent in the human condition. Mm. And yet Carl Jung talks about how paradox is this most valued spiritual possession and a great Mm. witness to the truth. And when you talked about strategy, I wonder sometimes that how perhaps seemingly simple a paradox can be, but really how complex it truly is, because we know when we even research human constructs, how complex they are. And I went into Edom online and um, to look at the etymology and even the Greek root, 
as you said, is contrary to opinion. Mm-hmm. And the Latin root calls paradox absurd. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I, that kind of made me think about, or and even wonder about when I was wondering about the death, the paradox of death mm-hmm. and how absurd that can be. But in reality, if you get down to the core of it, just how clear it can be. Yeah. And you know, you talked about the skills building. Um, I wonder, you know, how did you even get to the change from the butt to the yes and what were some of those processes that you went through? Because I mm. think that sort of illuminates some of even just the strategies that someone can take bit by bit to yeah. understand the paradox. Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, I think, you know, this podcast and the research that I do in my sort of professional life is all around belonging and cultivating communities. Right. And I have shared with you and others that, um, it's really critical to me, you know, and my, some of my colleagues would maybe cringe at this, but it's to me above it's paramount and probably more important than any, anything that I could teach a student is having that student feel like they were seen by me, Mm -hmm. that I know who they are as an individual. And I noticed that when I would have a conversation, I'm getting chills right now because it, it, it means a lot to me. I noticed about myself as I continued to understand paradox and belonging and community and connection and inclusivity that when I would have a, let's say you and I were having a conversation about your research, right? And you were coming to me with your, your practical expertise, your contextual knowledge, and you would say something and I would say, I might, I might respond by saying, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but... Mm-hmm. And then I would give you my expertise or I would give you my take on it. And what I recognized is it's really not a but, right? Because like for me, if if we think about it from a problem of practice, and I was just talking to Brianne about this yesterday, if you think about what we're trying to get students to do in this program is to take a systems approach. And I don't want to, I don't want to geek out on this. You know, I don't want to get too academic, but the idea is all day. I know. Right. (laughs) The, with anything though, like if you're telling, if you're trying to understand a situation, whether it's a problem an issue, someone's perspective, it's not one or the other. It's, Mm -hmm. it's what they are thinking and feeling and what the other person is thinking and feeling and what the next person is thinking and feeling and what I'm thinking and feeling. And so for me, it was just a process of if I am trying to champion and cultivate community and connection, if I genuinely authentically need and want to see my students, but doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just doesn't. It has to be. And I think that using the term, but, and I would, you know, maybe checking in with you and others, I worry that using a word, a simple three letter word like, but is like a turnoff that I, I am reflecting what you just said. And now I'm telling you to ignore what you just said and listen to me. That's Mm -hmm. to to me, that's my understanding of the word, but, and, and so, and gives us an opportunity to say, um, and I really believe this, Danielle, I am not the expert on this thing in the room, we are co-constructing this conversation, this idea. And for me, you know, I dug into the literature just a little bit. And the other thing I loved about paradox, and this is another reason why I wanted to talk with leaders about this, is that what I found in the, in the literature is when leaders learn to embrace and support these multiple narratives of these inconsistencies, 
this is when creativity and other outcomes emerge. Exactly. I don't know. I see that because when you draw back to other research on even Brene Brown's research on courage and authenticity and even the literature on different on current frameworks of leadership theory, I was going back this morning listening to, we're talking before this airs, this is um, September 7th, we're talking only to give context because I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast this morning, We Can Do Hard Things, Mm -hmm. and it was all about emotions Mm -hmm. and how we don't just feel where you're not either happy or sad. And when we talk, when our listeners listen to our conversation with Jenny Gaither, she did talk about this as well. And in Glennon's podcast, they talked about how it is a both and, and how we feel and we process with wisdom. And to me, drawing back to the framework, even of authentic leadership, how effective leaders must have this balanced processing and this mm-hmm. emotional awareness, the transparency, the self-awareness. Oh, E was ethics. Sorry. I am. I, um, it's okay. I took my comps last year. And I'm like, <laughs> e is for emotional awareness, but it's actually ethics, but no S is for self-awareness. And that yep. is the emotional awareness. And yeah. that reminded me of the research on Mark Brackett with mm-hmm. emotional awareness. And when you talked about systems theory, I'm going back into my journal because I, I did journal about this. I thought about how paradoxes fit from the self to the community and how important that is as we look at ourselves and looking at paradoxes. For me, that was a very spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from anywhere from the literature on Christian mysticism to the Tao Ching. Like, yeah, I was, I have books all over my apartment. I'm in the middle of moving <laughs> and it's wild ride. But then yeah. even to community and leadership and how we show up in our organizations in order to hold these multiple narratives mm-hmm. and from the self to the community, there's this constant discomfort and tension. And it's not a tension of contradictory ideas. Yep. It's the tension and the discomfort of holding multiple ideas and making those ideas, those narratives, those schemas, where we all come from yep. as whole. Integrated. Integration. Yeah. Ah, we said it at the same time. That's so weird. <laughs> it is. Well, uh, into is isn't it integrar? Integrar yeah. is to make whole. Whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, thank you, uh, Brene Brown, for that the lesson on that integration, the root of integration. So I know. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. for sure. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. And I think our listeners, you know, if you sort of dig into the next eight episodes, you're going to see a lot of that in the leaders that with whom we chat. Um, Mm -hmm. We have an amazing um, former champion um, figure skater and now coach who, um, you know, is going to talk, you're going to hear her talk to us about how do you balance? And I think this is so timely coming off of all the stories around the Olympics and the challenges and the hardships that some of these young female athletes have faced. And she's going to talk to Jessica is going to talk to us about this sort of rigor and kindness and rigor and care really. Um, And how do you cultivate and care for an athlete who's at an Olympic level, like the, the, the folks and individuals that she coaches and also care for their well-being, right. Mm -hmm. To know when to say, this is not good for your health. Right. And so um, that's a paradox that I think, um, yeah, I just I'm just really excited. We have so many guests that we really do that talk to us and have really. And I think a lot of their success and they admit it is due in part 
to their ability to sit in that discomfort and to hold space for being able to say, yep, I'm uncomfortable. And the reason I'm uncomfortable is because I'm learning this new narrative that I wasn't aware of and we have to figure out a way to integrate it. So going back to belonging, so everyone feels seen and a part of the, the larger narrative, right? Which is that community you're talking about. Um, it's so funny, Danielle, I love, um, and I think uh, Brene Brown talks about, her, describes herself as someone who loves, can see the connections, right? Like I can imagine she describes her house, like when she's writing a book and doing research, like all the sticky notes and the sort of connections. And I mean, I don't pretend to be even in a category with Brene Brown, but like, I feel like my brain works similarly in that, like the books that I've been reading, because I was thinking as we're talking and you were saying um, integrated, I was thinking of Parker Palmer Mm -hmm. and, you know, he talks about the divided life and the divided life is often the dissonance and discomfort we have with our inner self and our external self. And that to achieve wholeness we need to find integration, right? And and one way to get to that integration is to acknowledge that they could be, you know, seemingly conflicting ideas or multiple narratives, whatever the, the concept that resonates with you best in terms of definition. So it's funny how I just feel like the things that we read, there's a thread, <laughs> a thread it's throughout. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I started to re- write down some of the books that I've read in the past year that have been so important to my own thinking on this. And, you know, I wrote down obviously all the Brene Brown books to yeah. Glennon Doyle's books. And yeah. what's interesting about Glennon's book is she's, it's a story. And yet for some reason, if there's, you know, obviously there's no research that she doesn't cite any research, but the story of it is so clear it provides such a a clear context of how inherent paradoxes is because Mm -hmm. she talks about that my the paradox of choice and commitment that I've been journaling on in the past year Mm -hmm. I pulled from Glennon's book I pulled I I was reading somebody's daughter by Ashley C. Ford Mm -hmm. another memoir I just ordered that one haven't read it yet oh my gosh you need to read it we need to get her on the podcast I will (laughs) yeah and even just the concept of socialization and Mm -hmm. We know that is such a, a, a weighted term in, in psychology and research. And she illuminates that through her story and how that could affect how a woman growing up, and she's a black woman growing up in her, and just to give some people some context, her father is in jail and she's talking about her relationship with her mom and all these things she must navigate as she's growing up. And I, and I, I wondered how socialization can almost silence or hide the idea of paradox Mm. and perhaps that might be one reason why it seems so complex or we don't notice it in our daily lives um back to sarah lewis i mean sarah lewis's book the rise was something that hit me so deeply in my core and this idea of mastery and Mm. when i paused my dissertation last year it was something that I posted on my phone on a post-it note, like on posters everywhere, really, because I had to remind myself that mastery was this continuous, mm. constant pursuit inherent in paradoxes every day. Yeah. So without going down a, a whole rabbit hole of all this research, I want to ask you as we're as we invite our listeners to listen to the next eight episodes, what are some questions that you're hoping to be answered mm-hmm. as speaking of mastery, right? This is a gonna be a continuous lifelong journey for both of us, but what are some questions that you help to 
sort of uncover with this, with our interviews? Yeah, I mean, I think if I go back to the leadership article, the Smith article that you referenced earlier in the the pod, um, the one thing that the the authors talk about, because remember we talked about what are the the question, one of the questions they ask is around skills needed. And in that article, they talk about, and I love this, this idea of acceptance, differentiation, and integration. And Mm -hmm. so what they're saying is you have to accept each of the pieces of that paradox as valuable, right? You have to be able to differentiate what's the difference here that we're talking about and then integrate. And so as I reread that article, I thought to myself, I really want to know from these leaders and for our audience who I know really likes the tangible, right? The application, what, like kind of the question you asked me, like, what did you do to get from a but to an and and both, right? I really want to hear like specific examples of what did it look like before and what did it look like during, you know, those in-between moments and then the moment, right? Mm -hmm. How did you get there? So that folks who are listening and you and I in our own practice, just like Ico had a huge impact with that one phrase, like, I want to learn the strategies to continue to do this work. So that's one question I definitely want to dig into with, with guests. And I think we did, we do, we will. Um, I think the other one that I always come back to, and this won't be any surprise to you is I want to hear what they think the connection to belonging is like, has it served a role in their, in their um, desire to cultivate no worries desire to cultivate belonging and connection, because at the end of the day, for me, you know, this is another sort of thread to pull, um, you know, because I talk a lot in my research about what instructors do, you know, what we do with our students, what students do for each other. Um, And we I have talked less about what's the role of the leadership leadership. And at the end of the day, it's culture, right, Danielle, like Mm -hmm. you, you had, you know, to make people feel seen and to motivate individuals to do this work, you have to have leaders also on board doing this integrated work. So for me, it's strategies and connection to belonging. I think I'm really, really interested in, I mean, I think um, another piece of this, and it's mostly because I think a lot of us are trying to do better around diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'd like to hear some individuals talk about the role of, if any, of thinking about paradox um, in that work specifically. So interesting that you say that. I dropped my mic because I was looking down at my journal. <laughs> Every question that you had, I have. <laughs> and, That's why we're a good pair, right? <laughs> I know. I wrote down the operate, operate, operate. Okay, I'm just not even going. I'm so excited. I know what you mean. Operate, how do you operationalize it? Yep. Thank you. And with strategies. I also talked about values. I think the, what are those values that Mm. is paradox tied to values? I know your value is authenticity. One of my values is courage. And how is that integrated there? Yep. Um, I also wrote down equity lens. And one of the questions that I had, you know, I'm a white, straight, cisgender female, right? So as a woman that in many contexts, I may not be seen or valued. I mean, there are Mm. decades of research and stories and history. Economic data. Economic (laughs) data as a woman. But as a white woman, Mm. how that experience could be inherent in in paradox and one of uh, could be inherent in in a privilege. And 
I draw back to when we talked to with Ico talking about how our definition initially on conflicting ideas, mm-hmm. you know, how she reframed that as multiple narratives. And I'm just curious to see with my positionality, mm-hmm. is there anything that I'm missing and where can we expand and integrate even more? Mm. And the last question I had was, again, this interrelationship between self and community. So mm-hmm. as leaders, how important is it to see where we are as self mm-hmm. and where we show up in our community and vice versa? And I know we'll have Mamie Hossetter, the president mm-hmm. of Relay on the podcast where she talks about this idea of expert and novice. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, you show up as someone who has an next set of expertise. And you talked about this in the yeah. beginning mm-hmm. and the willingness to learn from others. Yeah. So there's a lot. And also just how this fits into the current framework of leadership. Are we yeah. going to come out with a different definition of the skill set of leaders? Is this going to relate to some of the current frameworks beyond of what we're researching now? So yeah. maybe you'll have a whole set of a few weeks of <laughs> leadership and educational organization content after this. I know, right? Yeah, I am hypothesizing, although in to be technical and qualitative research, you usually don't hypothesize. So it's it's iterative, (laughs) but I'm suspecting given the experiences I've had just in these few short weeks that our conception of paradox and our sense of leadership is going to change because it already has in some ways for me. So I think we're just going to keep evolving this thing. Um, and I love, I wasn't, when you, when you have said sort of the, I am and the community and self and community, I'm, I've had to sit with that and keep listening in really hard to what you're saying. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't understanding it as well as I would like to. And, and after speaking with, um, you know, Mamie, it, I understood it a bit more and it's funny because I think that I live that. And actually, um, I can tell because you had shared a story of paradox. The story I was going to share around paradox is really it's it's timely because it's it's about um, something that I wrote in the book that's coming out here very soon. Please remind <laughs> the listeners about when the book's coming out and I you know. can order it because I, I know October 7th, Danielle, I can't believe it. And it's actually available for pre-order on Amazon Dancing with Discomfort if you Google it, which is crazy to me. But the story that I want to share is that when I was writing the first couple of chapters of the book, I was introducing the the idea. I was giving some sort of tips on how to think about reading this book and then myself. And I remember explicitly writing because I just this is who I am is I do not identify as an expert. Now, this is this is before we talked to Ico Bathia. So I think my my conception of this is evolving so I was writing this paragraph about who, who I am. And I was saying that I'm not an expert and I, I explained that I'm a learner. I embrace mm-hmm. a learning identity. And when I sent that, I was sending chapter by chapter to the editor and the editor sent it back to me and said, you can't, I understand what you're saying, but you can't write this because people are buying this book because you're an expert mm. in something. And so he and I, and it was great. I mean, my editor is wonderful and he asks, he does exactly what an editor does. He like asks really good questions and lets me know when something's not clear and confusing. And so it was a really good conversation. And I think the reason I bring this story up, Danielle, is because I think what I learned is 
I learned a couple of things. One faculty, you know, you are who you're, how you're trained, right. And sort of in that institution and in higher ed, you're trained to be an expert. And that's a really hard thing to let go of, but we need to let go of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing I recognize is that it's actually not so bad to be an expert as long as you can hold being an expert and being a learner. And to mm-hmm. me, that goes back to Iko's wonderful message of multiple narratives. And mm-hmm. so what I ended up doing in that chapter is integrating, right? That I have some expertise and I'm a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. That it's, I'm not an expert because for me, what I think I really meant this is a long story getting longer is I didn't want to be, I didn't want to claim expertise and stop. Yep. Right. I mean, I guess it's the growth mindset, right? Like I am, I am a learner who's continuing learning. And I said to a great colleague, Laura Shaw, who's coming, actually coming on very soon. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I said to her, I said, you know what, Laura, I said, we have all these degrees and have years and years of academic training as do, you know, you and others that we know, and I have more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people, that's a scary proposition. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I didn't embrace the identity as an expert, because I didn't want to give up the wonderful power of having lots of questions and not as many answers. So, yeah, I think I I love that. And I love how you draw you drew in growth mindset. I wrote mm. that down as something that um, in some of the research that I draw back to with Carol Dweck's work. I mean, growth mindset is so tied to this idea of mastery. Yeah. And understanding as much as you learn, you still have more questions. Yep. And um, yeah, I just think that that's really important. And from when when you talk about understand identifying these questions that you still have. I think this also draws back to the narrative that you're telling yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That there could be a narrative that you're telling yourself, oh, I, I know a lot and, but here's the, here's the, the non-paradoxical thinking, right. I know a lot, but there's so much I don't know. And mm-hmm. that could make someone feel uncomfortable. Awful. Yeah. That could be, impo- I mean, some related to some imposter syndrome or yep. even just looking at, you know, some fix the research on fixed mindset, or yep. you could say to yourself. I know a lot and I understand there's more to learn. And there's that inherent piece of the narrative that we tell ourselves without judgment. It could work on how we're looking at ourselves and how we look at other people. Uh, There's so much to explore. I know. I mean, that land, just just rephrasing that, if you're Mm -hmm. thinking about, so first of all, I mean, I know it's hard for us to think about delivering messages to ourselves. So imagine you're delivering that to your, child, your spouse, your student, your colleague, your coworker, your neighbor, that the way you shifted from but to and that lands so much softer mm-hmm. and like a leader walks into the room. I don't care who the leader is. You know, I loved um, Steve Jobs when he was alive. I know he had issues, but I still loved him. And there are lots of I mean, maybe who's going to talk to us about her leadership of relay, amazing leader. So imagine someone with her gravitas, her expertise, walking into a room and saying, I know this and I don't know what, you know, and I want to learn. Yeah. What does that do to a room? It, I mean, I think about the leaders who I have in my organization, if they walk into a room and say that, that changes with that one shift. Yeah. 
I mean, this is where I get a little dramatic and people might start rolling their eyes, but like this, this to me, this is mind blowing. Yeah. Like we can. And this is like, I said, I don't use the word, but anymore. I'm legitimately serious about this. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge impact, just a shift. And I noticed talking to my students because look, you know, Danielle, doctoral students walk in day one into academia, scared, mm-hmm. doubting, why'd they pick me? I can't do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when I meet with them for the first time, I say, you know, we have stuff to teach you and you have lots of expertise that's going to help us co-construct this journey mm-hmm. versus saying you don't know anything and I'm going to break you down and build you back up. Right. That's not how we roll. I love how you use co-constructing because yeah. that is integration. Yes. Is and when we talk to Iko Bathia, and I know we're talking, we're only referencing a few of our guests because yeah. we've only spoken yeah. to a few of our guests now. Yeah. But when we talked about Iko, I had, she had asked me, what is an example of a paradox that shows up for you? Mm. And I had said something to the effect of uh, pulling away or breaking down or um, in order to rebuild. So it was, mm-hmm. I had talked about, oh yeah. Taking away, taking, to rebuild. Ta- taking yeah. like shedding something and taking stuff shedding away. Yeah. And she said, well, why would you shed? She goes, if you're going to shed something, you're shedding your identity. If you're shedding something in an organization, think about all the things that you might be, and I'm not using her words exactly, but that you might be missing from someone else. Yeah. And I think that when you talked about co-constructing a narrative of doctoral students, yep. how important that is. And it's, yes. it's this co-constructing of, of understanding and embracing where you've been yep. and rebuilding some of the, the new skill sets, the new experiences and where you want to go. Yeah. And it's just this ever-changing fluid. There's this fluidity of it. That's and right. I think that's really something that's so important. And one of the things that our listeners will hear from all of the guests that we speak with throughout the season. Yeah. And I actually, yes, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think it's going to be a good place for us to, to wind down because we don't want to give too much of the the episode. We could go all day. I know we could go all day because Iko actually said in that as human beings, we can't shed Mm -hmm. things. And I think both of you landed on the term reinvent. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so this idea that, you know, a doctoral student and this, this is so, and I'm, I feel like I'm shamelessly plugging the book, Danielle, but like, it feels like it in any transition, right. Mm-hmm. Those in between moments, if we think about reinvention and how do we bring what we learned in that previous moment to this in between moment, to this new thing, whether it's a new job, a new location for you, a new apartment, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a new program, how do we reinvent and integrate all the expertise we bring into this new experience? And so I think over the next eight episodes, we're hoping, and we know because we've talked to some of them, that th- these leaders will share with us not only their definition of paradox and how it's connected to some of these cool, important concepts that we care a lot about, but also talk to us about real examples and real strategies where they have been able to do some reinventing, some reimagining um, and integration, you know. I just have to say back to spiritual Danielle, I know in my core that the two of us were meant to live this life together (laughs) because 
reinvention is is at my core like mm. the foundational paradox it's the one that i journal on almost every day mm. and the fact that you brought that in and then you tied it to exactly <laughs> what i wanted to learn i listen that's awesome i don't know there's just something uh, we're on a, a screen right now but i just feel like how connected the two of us are yeah. just like our brain words or brain waves are so synchronous yeah it's but very cool anyways before i continue going down that no road, it's that awesome route, you stay, stay the course on what we're what we're going to learn this no season. <laughs> no i was i was gonna end it there with one thing because i think the other thing i love about this podcast and what you and i are doing together is we also wanted to commit to offering our audience a call to action mm-hmm. and i think i actually think and you can yes, no, or counter offer me in the coaching sort of world. That's what we would say, Danielle. I think we should, the call to action this week for our audience should be to try replacing, but with, and Mm -hmm. you won't be able to do it every time because these things as Dr. Shaw will share with you later in, in this uh, season that our habits are ingrained and it takes real conscious, explicit, intentional effort to change them Mm -hmm. and just try take, take a, butt, and even if it's, Oh, I said, but I meant to say, and restate it. You know, if you, even if you just catch yourself, that is a start noticing when you say, but, and noticing the impact of that and try shifting it. If you're with, you know, if you're with a friend, try saying it again, I do it. I've done it with, with friends for sure. So if you're in a place that you're feeling safe and courageous, call yourself out and try it. So change the, the, the butt to an and. I like how you said that. And I noticed throughout this podcast, you using the language, noticing and observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like, just to echo what you said, it is going to be hard and taking that observation, writing it down. I mean, mm-hmm. I have, a, it could be something, a note in your phone, a text message to yourself. If you carry a journal, write it down. Yes. And even that one little shift in language or the shift in, in narrative without judgment is something I think is so powerful. So I'm going to continue doing that this week as well. Yay. Yeah. I mean, again, shameless pitch of the book, the, the dancing with discomfort, a framework for noticing, mm-hmm. naming and navigating those in-between mm-hmm. moments. Cause I totally believe that Danielle, that we can't do this work until we first notice, name it for what it is. I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm, you know, feeling this dissonance or uncertainty, whatever it is in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you can sort of move forward to navigate it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I don't know about our audience. I hope they're as excited as we are, because if they are, man, this is going to be a great season. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. Danielle, thank you for co-constructing this awesome 10-part series. I am so looking forward to working with you this fall. It's going to be a great ride. Me too. To learning. Onward to learning. Absolutely. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Carrie Borkowski, with co-host Danielle Scarano. Thanks so much, everybody. See ya. Your last year Searching for melodies Pulling around in mountain streams
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.